0: Hey, everyone! welcome back to another episode of the Modern Music Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Southworth, here to help you get heard. So this is kind of a unique episode because it's going to be a brand analysis of Good Mythical Morning, which isn't a music brand per se, but I think they're a perfect example to use when talking about branding. And I think the the kind of analysis or or things that I'm going to talk about in this episode are, are going to give you a lot to think about when you think about your music brand, because they're an online YouTube brand. They also are a music brand. They have merch, they have websites, they have a podcast, they have a book. And so you can look at a lot of parallels of what they do, or you can look at a lot of the examples of what they do and try to draw parallels to what you could be doing. And so the way that I'll start is by explaining what the heck Good Mythical Morning is, in case you don't know. Basically, it's it's a YouTube show uh, with to host Rhett and Link, who also have their own YouTube channel. They get started off doing comedy skits, and then they started a daily show. Every every weekday, they drop two episodes on two different YouTube channels. And it's kind of a comedy entertainment show. Um, I've been watching it for years. It's immensely popular. It's got like 17 million subscribers on just their main channel alone. So I think they're one of the masters of branding in, in the online world right now. Because everything down to their hairstyles is, is a fundamental part of their brand. And every episode has these, these unique, fun things that they do that strengthen their brand position even further. So if you hear me clicking around in the background, it's because I'm on on their websites uh, just trying to make sure I pull up the right examples for myself to talk about. But the thing I want to talk about first is their, their content. So... They have this this content strategy where five days a week they're posting daily episodes on their main channel and then five days a week they post episodes on their good mythical more channel and then they have a weekly vlog that gets posted on the rut and link channel on every saturday i believe and then they have a podcast that goes live on their ear biscuits channel and on a podcast every sunday in addition to that they have mythical kitchen which i believe is two days a week And that show also has its own podcast called, uh, I forget, something with a hot dog. It's a funny name, but either way. So their content strategy alone, they kind of have this all-encompassing strategy. So if you're a fan of them, you kind of get sucked into their world. So that's why I wanted to bring this up first, because as an artist, you want to think about the ways that you can essentially suck a fan into your world. It can't just be about the music there's a million acts out there and there's a there's a lot of them just do the music thing and that's why a lot of them never go anywhere. In 2020, it's not just about the music. You have to have more than that if you want to stand out. And so I'll just bring up a few examples of things that you could do. Obviously, you could start a podcast and I've, I've mentioned this and a few of these other examples a few times. But that's not necessarily going to be for everyone, but that's an option. And you of course, the default option is uh, be on social media channels. But to go further into that, you need to think about the things that you can actually be doing on those social media channels. And you need to have a content strategy around that. So for example, if an artist finds one of your songs and likes it, you need to think about how many ways can they actually get pulled into your world. So let's say you're, if you're using Facebook ads to target them, for example. If you're running that ad on Instagram, and they find you, they check your song out. The natural thing for them to do is check out your Instagram. How often are you posting on there? Are you posting daily, every couple days, at least once a week? And are you posting engaging content that that type of person will be willing to engage with? So you hooked them on the music, and then now you have the potential to hook them on the Instagram. Now of course, everyone knows, on Instagram you get a bio link, right? On that bio link, where are you gonna send them? And this is where you think of the next stage of your content. Um, you know, usually what you put inside of that bio link is a, what's called a link tree. Uh, just Google link tree if you're not familiar, basically it's a way to have multiple links inside of your bio on Instagram. And for me, for example, I have this podcast and I have my YouTube channel, and then of course I have like Spotify and, and a few other links in there. So for you, aside from those m- music links, Maybe your example is YouTube and maybe every week you upload a YouTube episode. So all of a sudden you have the potential to hook this person with your music and Instagram and then on your YouTube channel. Maybe you post a vlog or maybe you do behind the scenes content. And then maybe on your YouTube show, you mention that you also have a blog on a website or you also have a podcast. And that gives them two more means to actually go and interact with your brand. So that's, that's why I wanted to bring that up first. They have this all-encompassing strategy and that, that allows for me as a person who likes their Good Mythical Morning show to get, aside from just their regular show, get sucked into the Good Mythical More show and then also the Mythical Kitchen show and also the podcast show, then also the weekly vlog, and then they even have a Patreon-type community where it goes even deeper. So think about that. Now next, l- let's talk about their, their logo and their aesthetics some of that surface-level stuff. The name Good Mythical Morning, they say it at, in the beginning of every single episode, and it's, it's how they greet people. They say Good Mythical Morning, like good morning, but good mythical <laughs> morning. Uh, and so that, that alone is a very powerful thing, and then that extends to Good Mythical More because it's the show after the show. And in fact, the phrase the show after the show is a branding element for the, them as well, So they have all these little sayings that are just around the name. Now, I can't show you the logo here because this is an audio-only episode of the podcast. But the logo is this kind of flame that also looks like GMM. It spells out GMM, but it's in the shape of like a flame. And they use this in their intro segment. They have this kind of animated intro sequence where it shows that logo. And inside of the show, both of the guys, Rhett and Link in the show... Uh, they have mugs on their desk that they, you know, drink whatever they're drinking that day out of, and it has that logo on it. And naturally, they also sell these mugs, and they sell shirts with that logo on it. As an artist, it's hard to do the stuff with the name that they're doing, but with a logo, you want to think about all the different ways you can actually use a logo, just like what they're doing. They... They have the logo on YouTube. They have it on their Instagram. They have it on shirts. They have it on mugs. They uh, I don't I don't know if they would have it on a music um, release because they are musicians. But you could have your logo on your Instagram, on your YouTube page, on your shirts, on your on your logo. Or sorry, your intro segment on your YouTube channel. There's a million places you could put it, but you need to think about where you're going to put it and how often you're gonna be showing that to someone. Because the more someone sees your logo, the more it starts to represent something bigger than just the logo, right? For me, the Good Mythical Morning logo represents the feelings I get when I watch the show. And when you see the Apple logo, you think of their entire brand, the feeling you get walking inside of a super white, clean Apple store. Um, And that's how you wanna think about your logo. So let's get a little deeper. I mentioned in the beginning that everything down to their hair is a branding element. And their hairstyles, again, I can't show you this, but if if you look up Good Mythical Morning after this, you'll realize that they have very distinct hairstyles, and they're always exactly the same in every episode. And in fact, a couple years ago, their hairstyles were different. And... It was kind of a big deal when they changed it. (laughs) They've changed it twice, I believe. It used to be that uh, Link had this kind of bowl cut thing. And they basically branded their two hairstyles. They turned them into a silhouette and sold it as a shirt. They used it as another logo that they had. And then when Link eventually cut his hair, there was like a big reveal. And it was like a big deal because fans of the show grew to love and uh, understand... (laughs) What his hair looked like so I'm not saying you got to use the same hairstyle for the rest of your life but you could do something where you you make sure that your image is somewhat consistent across your 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 content you know they also do the same thing with clothes they each of them tends to have their own clothing style and certain things will come up time and time again in terms of what they wear often they'll wear their own merch but sometimes it's just regular clothes You want to think about that you know you don't want to have a completely different style in a music video and then you're posting another music video and it's just not you right you you want to have some kind of sense of a of a style and it's hard to think about like i'm personally i'm not i don't even have all this these little details figured out but it's something to consider and you can bet when you see a a big name artist or something they have a good idea of of what their image is even if it's something that comes naturally and it wasn't pre-planned. But in a lot of cases, it is actually something that's planned. And for myself, on my YouTube channel, I tend to wear my smiley sweatshirt. (laughs) You may have noticed a lot of times I'm wearing the exact same sweatshirt in videos because I wanted that to be uh, kind of a constant. You know, I have my studio as a constant, me as a constant, and then my sweatshirt. Now I've been switching it up and I wear other Um, custom merch things that I've made, but I try to do something like that for my YouTube channel. So another element I want to talk about is at the end of every episode, they they have this thing where they show a Wheel of Mythicality clip and they spin the Wheel of Mythicality. So basically what it is is a spinning wheel or I guess it's a wheel that they spin, and there's a bunch of little options. So it can land in a certain triangle, and that's going to dictate what they do in the next episode. And it's in every single episode. The end of the episode, they show a clip of a fan who submitted a video and said, Hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so from this place, and it's time to spin the Wheel of Mythicality. And then they spin the Wheel of Mythicality, and they say, Uh, head over to Good Good Mythical More to see where the Wheel of Mythicality is going to land. And they say that at the end of every episode and every fan knows it. So (laughs) this one, again, is a little hard to to think about how you could extrapolate that and apply it to your music, but you could do this, right? Uh, If you have a YouTube channel, one thing you could do is always end your episodes in a certain way. On my YouTube channel, I always say something along the lines of, uh, thank you very much for watching, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. I pretty much, I might shift the words around, but I always, you know, I'll see see you in the next one. Bye. And I actually wave my hand. Bye. When I say it, I do that at the end of every episode. And I also do a certain thing with my hands when the episode starts every single time. And at first it was just natural, but then it turns into something where, oh, I do this all the time. I guess I'll keep doing it because people expect it. And there's a certain zoom effect I do at the beginning that I would bet if I didn't do it, people would some at some level notice it, so you could apply that to your YouTube channel, but also in a live show. Maybe at the end of every live show that you do, you have something fun that you do, so that way people know they're they're getting that at the end of their show, and maybe that's an incentive to to stick around on on a very I don't know a very late night with bad weather, so they don't just like bail as soon as you finish your last song. You know, something like that. Um, it depends on you in your case, but you, you can imagine. You could have something at the end of certain pieces of content, whatever platform you're doing, to give an extra edge to to the whatever you're doing. You know, whether it's live or a YouTube channel or whatever. And the with the whole video clip thing, of course, that's a them thing, but you can imagine how uh, if it's if it's a certain thing that you're doing, like maybe a little giveaway or raffle or something, um, if it has a catchphrase with it. You know, you could use that phrase that's associated with the event and use that as a hashtag or something. You know, it's it's essentially the same thing they're doing, just you're applying it in a different way. So next, let's talk about some of their their content types that are recurring, because this, this could actually be applicable to you. They have a series, well, they have a lot of series, but one of which is called Will It? And they ask all these questions like, will it French toast? Will it sandwich? Will it boba? Will it taco? And they just put a bunch like for the taco example they put a bunch of weird stuff in tacos and they try to see if it will and basically that means if it's good or if it's bad so um and they this sounds like weird examples like a um i don't know like a jello taco all the way to like a, a, a scorpion taco <laughs> and they eat these things and and report how great or awful they are you could do this, of course, on a YouTube channel, but in terms of your, your social media content, you could you could have a recurring kind of thing that you do every on every day of the week. You know, you could have on Thursday, you do like, I don't know, Thirsty Thursday I mean, that's kind of already taken, but you you could, like let's say instead of doing a, a drinking related thing, like an alcohol thing, where Thirsty Thursdays, you could uh, every Thursday, maybe maybe you and your life, you you often get try different espresso drinks at Starbucks you could take a picture and then every Thursday on your Instagram and and other social media accounts, you post a picture and say like thirsty Thursday. And then your, your fans are over time going to start to associate that with, with you. And they're going to expect that every Thursday. And when you don't do it on a Thursday, they're going to be like, are you okay? (laughs) Like I, I, I skipped an episode one week. I like, I forgot what happened, but um, I just, I couldn't even get to like my computer to post. I missed an episode. Um, I think I had like car trouble or something, but, people like commented like hey you, you didn't you didn't post like you, where are you are you good <laughs> and that was that was kind of a cool thing for me but if you do something like that you, it's an it's a pretty powerful thing and now, of course my example is very boring but you could think about anything that goes on in your life maybe you like um, working out and maybe you you do like motivational mondays you know i'm coming up with boring examples cuz i don't know you But you have other things going on in your life than just music. And even if it really is music, then maybe you do music production Monday, where you show the music production that goes behind your songs. So every Monday, it's a behind-the-scenes, music production-related episode. And that's kind of like what Good Mythical Morning does in terms of their series. Now, you could also, instead of doing a weekly thing, you could do kind of a random recurring content thing where uh, you, you... Uh, If you like a certain type of food, like maybe you like hitting up food trucks, whenever you tour or whatever, you hit up a food truck and then you talk about it in a video or or whatever. You can think about a lot of ways to have recurring content in this fashion, whether it's on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or even a live show. All right. So next, one thing I want to talk about is the show Mythical Kitchen. And actually, before we do that, I'll I'll go to merch first, because I think their merch has a lot of great examples that are are pretty much directly applicable to artists, because most artists have merch. And if you don't, you should use a service like Printful or Teespring, because it's actually free. So it's called print-on-demand, where you you come up with a design, and they essentially make it for you and ship it for you for a fee. So it's, it's a little less profitable, but you don't have to buy like 100 shirts up front. Um, so let me talk about their merch for a sec. Now, I mentioned that they have like the t-shirts and the mugs with the normal logos on it, but they also do very frequent timed releases. And a lot of it is tailored around their content. So uh, I'm just going to kind of go in a random section here. By the way, their, their website is mythical.com if you want to check it out yourself. Um, and I'm just going to go to new arrivals. So right now they're dropping this, this thing called feel good and they have stickers, they have shirts and they have pictures of them wearing the shirts. And I believe the shirt showed up in an episode where they mentioned it. (laughs) And so basically they, they show up in a, in an episode wearing the shirt and be like, we just launched this new, this new merch thing. Go check it out at mythical.com. It's, it's not going to be around forever. It's a limited thing. And this goes to a few different things. Right now, they, they're they definitely promoting this, who the heck are Rhett and Link? And they wore it in an episode, and they said, this is a way for people who are fans of us to find each other more easily. So if you're wearing this and someone sees you in public that also watches the show, you'll have a chance to connect and talk about the show. And it's very obvious. It's a black shirt with white text that says, who the heck are Rhett and Link? So you could definitely do something like this as an artist. Like in the first case, having time-limited merch where you, you're coming out with a song or an album and you put out one or two designs and maybe you only sell 25 of them or maybe they're only available for a week or two weeks or whatever. and Then they're gone forever and you commit to that. You make them gone forever. <laughs> um, now in terms of the the, in fact... That who the heck red and link shirt is sold out right now, and I think they only talked about it yesterday. So it's a powerful thing, you know. It's that makes people act, knowing that they can they can only get it for a short amount of time, and it has this kind of fun uh, fun aspect behind it. So the, the two things to point out for that are the time limited merch categories, and then doing things to connect fans of yours. Now this is a little bit harder as a small artist, right? If, if you sell some people your shirt, it's very unlikely that two of those people are going to bump into each other in the wild, right? Because you're, you're a small artist. Um, but if you're kind of getting in that medium stage, like I remember back in the day, there's this band called Periphery. They're a, a gent or metal band. Um, and when the first album came out, I bought the shirt with the album. Like I think I pre-ordered it, the shirt with the album. And I remember bumping into people who got that shirt too. Now, they weren't a super small band, but they weren't huge either. And when you ran into someone wearing that shirt, it was kind of like finding a unicorn, right? You were like, oh, you like periphery? And it's kind of like, we should be friends, right? (laughs) And it gets those people talking about the band more, and they get to connect, and maybe maybe that can turn into something. You never know. Either way, it's powerful as as a brand because you're connecting people and unifying them under whatever you stand for as an artist, whether that's just the vibe people get from your music or whether if you actually have, you know, a position, like either a common belief in your community or a um, political opinion or or whatever. It kind of lets people unite more easily. Just like when people have the whole iPhones versus Androids, when you see uh, someone else pull out your exact same phone, like let's say you have a Galaxy Note 10 and someone else pulls out a Galaxy Note 10, you're like, oh, sweet, I have the same phone. Or you, you see, um, you know, someone has an iPhone and someone says, let me airdrop it to you. And they pull out a Galaxy and you're just like, oh, and it, it kind of kills, the, kills a certain sense of excitement in the moment. It's small, but it is a factor. People unite if a little bit around Apple, if they realize that they can iMessage each other. And it's not just regular texting, right? This is a common thing. So it's kind of a long rambling way of, of talking about their merch. But you can imagine, I, ch- I seriously encourage you to like check out all these pages I'm mentioning about them because I think you'll, you'll be able to pull out a lot of parallels in what they do. So, now let's go to their Mythical Kitchen channel. And I'll pull out some cool things that they have. Now, first of all, they also have recurring content streams. They started off doing food fears where the 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 host would make a essentially get a disgusting um, ingredient and turn it into a, sure try to make it into a delicious food. Like I think one time he tried to make a cake out of like blood or something. Um, And there's all these, all these different kind of recurring content things. Um, Now, in terms of the the branding behind it, the host of the show is called Mythical Chef Josh. So even though his name's just Josh, he's Mythical Chef Josh. It's, they, they always say that. <laughs> and th- the way he acts on camera has a certain, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like he, he goes between being having awkward pauses and staring at the camera and then talking very confidently about what he's doing and then goes to joke. So he's a very interesting kind of personality. But out of that, you, you get another example of uh, branding a person. You know, they, you're giving someone a custom name. Maybe if you're a band, this is going to sound kind of cheesy up front, but maybe it's, it's kind of like a joke that your fans, you know, catch in on that. You call your drummer like, uh, I don't know what kind of mean joke to make about a drummer, but you can say uh, if your drummer's name is Dan, you can call him Dan the drummer that we leave in the van when we play shows. Yeah, Dan the drummer that we leave in the van. You know, whatever it is. Um, or like uh, Sal the bassist, that doesn't know Matt, you know, there's a million like little jokes you could make. And I, I don't use a lame typical example like that. If, if your, your guitarist is like a f- photographer, um, is a side gig and he, his name is Brian, you can call him like photographer Brian or something. And we'll put that on like your bio or make a joke about an in Instagram post. Um, and eventually you're going to find that people start to pick up on that. So make sure it's something that you're happy with as, as a band, if that's the case. And if you're an, if you're a solo artist, you know like me, uh, maybe you name your controller. You know if you're using an Ableton Push, maybe you name it. If you're using a Eurorack uh setup, maybe you have several different racks and you name them. And then if you make a video with that Eurorack gear, you you can kind of introduce them. You know if, if one of your racks is called like uh, Richard or something. <laughs> you can, you, and then the other one's called like Brandon, you can say, you know, I'm breaking out Brandon for this episode. So I could throw in this module and test it out. Um, you know, I probably just lost half of you cause you don't know what Euroac is, but point is you can name your guitars, your, your gear, whatever it is you use and kind of have it be a fun thing that you talk about in your social media, in your YouTube videos, in your TikToks, whatever it is, but it enhances your brand, right? It gives you all these layers. And I I I think this is is getting to a a good point to talk about that again, where I mentioned at the beginning, you want to have all these ways for people to be sucked in to your brand. And really, it comes down to layers. You know, I mentioned you have your music, and then maybe you have your Instagram, and then maybe you have a YouTube channel, and then maybe you have a blog. It also comes down to how enriched each of those individual pieces are. If you know, if your YouTube channel has all these catchy things you're bringing up, an intro, an outro, and then your social media has recurring content and your, you know, in your whatever has all this recurring content and and branding elements, then that gives a lot of depth to your brand. And every single piece of depth you can add is another way for people to be sucked into your brand. And I've I've tried to bring up examples of myself when I can to, to help that further. I know we're talking about Good Mythical, morning here, but I'll bring it up to, to me because I think I'm a somewhat more similar example to, a, to an artist, even though I'm talking about music marketing than just like a, my music. But in terms of my content, I have my YouTube page. That's kind of the hub. I have the Genera Studios website where I have a blog and I have products. And the blog has several different types of pieces of content. I have this podcast where I talk about music marketing, and it also doubles as a place to put those long-form interviews that I have on my YouTube channel on here as well. I also have my Instagram, where, well, I was doing almost daily content, I'm, it's, that's kind of slowed as I've worked on other things, but there's content there for people to consume. I also have a Discord group where I can interact with people, and I also have a Patreon community where I can interact with people. I upload videos twice a week, and I live stream every week. And you can think about that. If someone finds one of my videos and they love what I did in that video, they're going to realize, hey, this guy drops two videos a week. And they realize, oh, snap, he does a live stream on Monday. Cool, I'm going to go to that. And in the live stream I mentioned I have a podcast and they subscribe to the podcast. The next thing you know, they're listening to me for like two or three hours a week. And uh, it's kind of weird to say to you because if you're listening to this, you're one of those people, but that's, that's how you need to think about it, right? My mission as a content creator Well, it is is of course to, to help as many people with my knowledge as possible. I do that by pulling people into my world and kind of enveloping them in the content that I have to offer. If I didn't do that, then people wouldn't stick to my brand and I could not help them as effectively. So you don't have to think about it in this evil business sense, trying to acquire more fans. You can, the way I think about it is more, it's, it's for the greater good, right? I'm All these, I'm pulling people into my world so I can help them in as many ways as possible. But if you like all of my content streams, you might be interacting with me on like an almost daily basis, right? And that's that's really powerful because over time, you're going to feel like you know me very well and you're going to be more willing to watch future stuff and interact in future things I release. Um, And that's probably a good segue to talk about Good Mythical Morning launching or retinolink releasing a book because if if uh if i would ever do that i would be i would hope to do it in a in a similar way to the the way Dave did it except on a smaller scale of course right they already had all these content platforms they were already doing tours where they would kind of make a musical comedy show and tour around the country they have the podcast so what they did is they worked in a book they finished it and then they did a tour prior to the book coming out and they it was kind of like a book reading but they did it in a very fun mythical way that's in their branding um and what happened is it got on the new york times best-selling list because they had this super powerful brand ahead of time and they could leverage it to launch a book and this this applies to artists because you, you, you need to think about, okay, now you're at a certain stage in your career, whatever it is. Let's say you're just starting. You are at the lowest point you'll ever be to be able to leverage a community. But you need to think about, you know, I don't want you to think about, okay, right now, I need to be making all this merch and the CDs and lining up a tour and coming up with this crazy lighting setup. No, you, you need to think about, instead of trying to get from A to Z, you want to think about how to get to A to B, and then leverage B to get to C, right? They leverage their existing community and their existing kind of infrastructure to push a book launch and make a very profitable book launch that enrich their brand. And maybe for you, that's, I'm going to gain 100 fans, 100 genuine fans that are into what I do. And that will be enough for me to, instead of dealing with Uh, print on demand you're going to go make a custom product and actually have it made and ship it out yourself and make it a great experience you can't do that if you don't have any fans because you're just going to end up with a bunch of stuff sitting in your basement but what you can do is you instead of saying like i need to get from one person to a million like that's an unattainable goal to you at that moment because it's just so far down the road you want to think about how can i get from one to a hundred How can I leverage that 100 to position myself to get from a 100 to 500 and then from 500 to a 1,000? And I think their book example is a good example of that. And you see people doing this all the time where they they realize I have a popular audience on YouTube, Logan Paul, for example, or something. I'm going to drop merch and make a bunch of money on it and then use that money to go create something else that's going to put myself in a better position to do something else even bigger. So, um, for, or for example, launching a podcast, right? This, if I didn't have the community that I had now, I would not be able to get as many downloads as I'm getting in the first month of this podcast, right? If, if someone just drops a podcast, there's so many podcasts that no one hears it. They don't have a way to reach people. I already have a community. So I, I can essentially leverage all of you to help the podcast perform well. And then if it does well, it can start succeeding in its own. And then I can use that as a jumping off point to start something else new. So I want you to think about, about things in that way. Like don't think about how to get from here to international superstar. Think, think about how you can get from where you are now to 100 fans. What you can do with those 100 fans to get to 500 fans. What you can do from 500 fans to get to 1,000 fans. And if you keep thinking about it like that, you won't get as discouraged. You'll feel like you're hitting all these awesome goals. You'll do awesome stuff along the way. And you'll just be a whole lot happier. So this doesn't even scratch the surface of, of things that I could pull for branding elements from, from Good Mythical Morning. Like just watch one episode of the show and try to point out all the things you can find. And I, I guarantee you, you'll find like 10 different things. The tools they use to, to feed... Like they have these custom blindfolds that they're custom made. They're a branding element. They have custom forks that they feed them with. That's the branding element. They have custom game boards that they play games on. Those are branding elements. The camera angles, the sets, the, as I already mentioned, the hairstyles, the desk they use, the microphone they use, the the certain, uh, the, the songs they write. Like it's all super powerful and I could probably talk for another 30 minutes on it. But uh, I, those things I think in particular are, are the, easiest ones to pull out and and give you inspiration for how you can incorporate that. But anyways, yeah, if if you're still listening, I encourage you to uh, leave a review. If you're on Apple podcast, rate the show, leave a review. If you're on Spotify, leave a follow or whatever platform you're on, you know, give it a star or whatever it is that, that your current platform does. But thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next episode. Bye.